seven, and um, my name is Kimberly. I want to be a vet. I wanted to be a doctor, but I like dogs and all kinds of animals, so I want to take care of them. Well, I love that little heart. Seven years old, and Kinley is already starting to dream about what she's going to do in life. But today on Focus on the Family, you're going to hear how God is already using her as a testament to his perfect plans. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller. Uh, John, everybody should look at those they love, if they can right now, your spouse, your kids. If you're alone, look in the mirror. And what you see is something God has handcrafted. Mm -hmm. And you are made in his image for a very specific purpose. In the book of Jeremiah, God reminds us that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I mean, think of those words. Those are awesome words. They are. Spoken about each one of us. And uh, that's why here at Focus on the Family, we're so passionate about affirming the value of all human life. And that's the message of our broadcast today. It's a story of an unplanned pregnancy, a young woman's uh, bravery and sacrifice, a family's choice to adopt, and a precious little girl named Kinley that you just heard from there. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are going to have quite a discussion. It's an incredible story. And our guests are a mother and daughter pair. Uh, we have uh, Scarlett Pepin and her daughter, Lindsay Pepin Ophis. And They've written a book together called Joy Will Come, Exchange Shame for Redemption. Lindsay and Scarlett, welcome to Focus on the Family. Hi, thanks for having us. We're it glad is to great. be here. Yeah, we're so glad you're here. And thank you for the courage in writing the book and, and your willingness to speak. You speak often on this topic and what uh, God has led you through. And so we're grateful for that. Lindsay, let me start with you. You were a senior in high school, mm -hmm. and everything was going smoothly, right? Yes. Pretty much. Right. <laughs> but you had a bit of a secret going on. And this is so good for all of us Christian parents to hear. Um, and I, again, I especially appreciate your willingness to talk about this. And there's no shame. Definitely. There's only going forward and correcting errors and seeking forgiveness yeah. from the Lord and those you love. And so I hope you feel that today. Definitely. It's already got me in tears here. Aww. But um, know that Thank you. as we unfold your story. But what was that secret? What was going on? Yeah. So like you said, I grew up in a in a seemingly perfect family. I had the all, all the cards stacked in my favor. Um, you know, I, I was blessed with the best parents. I went to church every Sunday. Um, but my big secret was that I was sleeping with my boyfriend. So I had been dating someone on and off for about five years. And um, we were making decisions in our relationship that I knew weren't right. And um, I felt the weight and the guilt of that. And I tried to go to God consistently. But I got to the point where I just felt so shameful and so dirty. And so, you know, I just kept feeling that gap of I can't go back. I can't go back to God. He cannot fix this. I'm too dirty. I'm too messy to go to the cross. So I need to figure this out on my own. Yeah. And when we get to that point where we're, we're going to figure it out on our own, that's when we're really in some trouble. So, wow. I mean, whew, you have really prayed this through, thought this through. Yeah. I mean, you're articulate on this. I can't wait because there's so many directions here. I'm already popping my heads full of questions. Right. The, the, an obvious one, you know, with such a good, stable environment, um, why? Yeah, I think that's the number one question I get from Christian parents is yeah. why? Why did it not work out? What happened there? Well, because we as parents, we're performance oriented. Yeah. So we're thinking we've done all the right laps. We've yeah. done all the right things. Definitely. And we're... 
were like stunned. Right. And they did do all the right things. That was the thing. And you know, So it's not about us, maybe. And that was the biggest thing. That's the number one thing I say is your children make decisions that are their decisions. And as parents, you have to remember that you can't take on their decisions as a reflection of, oh, well, I messed up. I did this. I did that. They're humans. They're budding adults. They're making new decisions. They're testing out the waters. They're trying out new things. Um, so that's that's the first and foremost is parents or children will make decisions that go against everything that you've taught them. And that's just life. Right. So. Let's go to that day. And then, Scarlett, we're really going to get you in here. But I want to hear from Lindsay first. Um, let's go to that day when you actually found out you're pregnant. What was the environment like? Yeah. What was the setting? And what did you hear? And how did you respond? Yeah. So, um it was kind of a threefold finding out. Um, you know, I took a pregnancy test. It came back negative. How old um, are you? I am at this point, I am newly 18. Okay. So I was an older senior, but um, newly 18. I took a pregnancy test, came back negative. Phew, dodged a bullet. Okay, we're good. Um, multiple days went by and I still did not start my period. So then I took another pregnancy test and this one turned positive as soon as it got wet. So it was ready to go. So it was positive and it was, oh my goodness, what's going on? This can't be right. You know, I've had a negative. Now I've had a positive. I need to go and get this checked. So um, first thing I think of is I can't go to my pediatrician. They're going to call my mom. So I I need to go somewhere else. So um, the only place I knew to go was Planned Parenthood. So that is where I went. Um, I went, I filled out paperwork. I filled out all the information. Um, The whole time thinking, there's no way this is my life. There's no way this is happening. I'm a Pepin. Pepins don't get pregnant. Pepins don't go to Planned Parenthood. Pepins don't have these scenarios. This isn't happening. Mom, Scarlett, yes. okay. The mom's listening are going, when is mom going to talk? Yeah. <laughs> but let's hear your heart. Um, how did that go down when Lindsay came home, I'm assuming? But yes. you paint the picture. Yeah. What was that discussion like when she said, okay, yeah. I'm so- pregnant? We thought we kind of had the ducks in a row as far as parenting and nothing was perfect in our eyes, but everything seemed to be going on track. So it was a Saturday morning and um, one of those just easygoing mornings and my Lindsay sits down at the kitchen table, says, what do you guys have planned? And I said, oh, I think we're going to head to Home Depot. <laughs> it was that casual. Sounds like a Saturday morning. Oh, just a Saturday morning. We, you know, my <laughs> the husband to-do had, list. <laughs> yes, my husband had made pancakes. Just a normal yeah. feeling Saturday morning. And at that point, we say Home Depot, and Lindsay's head hits the breakfast table hmm. like a rag doll. I mean, her long hair is hanging down, and a sound came out of my daughter I have never heard. It was in between a moan and um, a wail. And to hear that sound from your child was very much a panic. What is wrong? What is wrong? And she's sobbing and can't get the words out. Um, my husband said his first thought was, did she hit someone with the car last night? Like right. it was that much of a emotional reaction. that Some we big wrong. Huge. But that caught him like something bad happened. Oh, yes. It was a, we've got to help our kid. What is going on? Yeah. And she said two words that I never saw coming. <laughs> Absolutely. I could not believe that these words came out of her mouth. And they were just two words. And it was, I'm pregnant. And my first reaction was, I've got to leave the room. If I leave the room, that means this scene didn't just happen. And so something happened psychologically. You're not thinking it through, but it was like, I, you know, maybe it's fight or flight. Yeah. But it was like, maybe if I run or get out of this room, then my life is different than what just happened. 
really you know, an odd feeling. This is really important because there are some listening that either this just happened to mm-hmm. or it's about to happen to. Yes. And I want to make sure parents hear this really clearly. This is the moment of truth. Um, how you react in this moment could very easily set the relationship with your child for the rest of your life. Yes. That's what a great did you point. do? But when it was happening, I d- didn't realize I was setting that. <laughs> You're just, in fact, it's almost a first thing is a little bit of a selfishness. Your first thought is, how did this happen um, on my watch? You know, hate to make it all about me, but, but that's guilt. the first reaction. Guilt, guilt yeah. absolute guilt. And I said, What will my friends say? I wasn't that far along in the thinking because you're yeah. too much in a panic of those words didn't just come out. And so my first, I think, sentence, well, first I said, no, as in this can't be true. And then the next thing that came out was I would have helped you. So it went to guilt immediately. Yeah. She just kept screaming, no, no. And then I could have helped you. I could have helped you and kept getting it, like even leaning into my face, I could have helped you. And it was this complete panic as my dad's banging his fist on the table. So that's what, that was your yeah, anger. Yeah, he went to anger. Who oh. did this? How did this happen? When did this happen? Wanting all the facts and banging his fist. And I'm just a puddle, just sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And just couldn't, couldn't, you're watching, you just created this tornado. You crushed your parents' feelings and their hopes and they're in complete, utter shock and panic. And you're the source of all of it. So much instant shame and guilt. So how did you, either one of you, how did you process the next 10 minutes, 30 minutes, hour, day? I mean, Day what, would be accurate. What, <laughs> yeah. what was that like? What were, okay, how do I get my balance? How do you come back to the room? Yeah. So that day we, I remember we went, Brad, my husband got right, you know, okay, we're sitting down. I want to hear everything. I want to hear where you were. I want to hear when it happened. I want to hear, remember he would oh, say, yeah. <laughs> give me do location. I, I mean, yeah. he, it was just how He was down to you? data. Oh, yeah. he was down to data and logic yeah. and that um, through his pain. The other part that played an interesting point uh, or part of this is that we had an eighth grade daughter at that point. And she, well, we still have her, but now she's all grown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, so in eighth grade, she had never, you know, even thought, you know, maybe thought about it, but never kissed a boy or held hands or anything like that. And sure. so to watch that child too, as a parent, she is just devastated because she's hugging my husband and she goes, she told me later, I could feel dad shaking. I've never felt mm. my big dad shake, you know? And so to watch her and the anger that she put towards Lindsay on how could you do this to us? I mean, it really became a, how could you, Lindsay, her quote was, we're the Pepin girls. So it kind of- That meant something to you. Oh, I mean, not yeah. everybody would have that, but there was a standard- a that thousand you felt. percent. Uh, our last name carried so much weight on who we were. We were a unit. We were the Pepin family, and the Pepin family had standards and responsibilities, and you know, upheld certain values. and And I think a lot of that came to a lot of my shame and a lot of my hiding and a lot of my guilt was like I've ruined the family name. Like I've tarnished who we are as a unit. And it was it wasn't you know. Oh, well, you know, Lindsay's pregnant, you know, the rest of the family's going to move on. I mean, it shattered our whole family. Yeah. Mm. I think we were just so tight knit. And I didn't feel as a parent that we were trying to hold up a name, but our kids did. Scarlett, let me, let me tap into something I think you just mentioned. Um, and specifically in the book, uh, Joy Will Come, 
you talk about the scrapbook analogy. Yes. Um, because I think a lot of moms are going to identify yes. with it, especially Christian moms. I'm thinking of my wife, Jean, and, right. you know, you're just trying so hard to be perfect. Yes. You know, so you scrapbook, and you got the pages and the yes. pictures, and you got them on the wall, and you're paying Absolutely. $14 million a page to do that scrapbooking, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> which us husbands go, what? How much are we paying yeah. for a scrapbook? Yes. But I get it, and uh-huh. I mean, so many of the listeners understand that, too. Yes. So I would say probably my number one job in my life that I felt responsible for was being a great mom. A great wife, too. But this motherhood thing was, it was the most important thing to me, I feel like. Um, And so the scrapbook analogy was just a feeling of, here I've been handed this little girl, Lindsay, you know, 18 years before, and put bows in her hair and taught her to brush her teeth and taught her about Jesus and memorized her love languages and tried to get it all down just right. And then you turn the page and they're growing up and she's doing, you know, taking her to Sunday school and enjoying who she is. But I felt like I got to the point where she announced she was pregnant within that next week. I felt like I had left my whole project out in the rain. It was almost like I had grabbed my scrapbook figuratively, you know, as an analogy here that Lindsay's life, now what? And not that I was labeling her as the pregnant teenager, but now what? The plans for, okay, do they get married? Is she going to get married? Is she going to go off to college? You know, I had things kind of going down the road that I thought was great. You know, like um, their first grade, they hold up the sign. This is what we do in Tulsa anyway. They hold up the sign in front of the front door. First grade, you get their picture. Second grade, their picture. (laughs) And you're watching them grow. But I didn't picture senior year pregnant. That just never crossed my mind. And so the scrapbook analogy is just kind of seeing those pages look like all the dreams I had for her. Well, and to go a little further in that direction, uh, you had that startling realization that maybe you had made idols out of your kids. Speak to this because so many moms are going to say, that's me. Yes. And I will tell you, I did not know that. That's what's Define so interesting. Define it, though, because moms yes. don't know yeah. how much they idolize, idolize their kids. their kids, yes. And it's all for a good cause, we think. You know, that's a good thing to be a loving mom. But even good things can become an idol. They're almost sneakier that way, I think. What's that boundary line? I mean, you're saying it, but help me. I don't quite get it. When do I cross the line to creating an idol out of my child? When I look back at it, I think it came down to, I love God. I love the Lord. I'm spending time, you know, in the Bible. But if my kid has a school project, I will get back to God. (laughs) I mean, in other words, I got to stay up till 3 a.m. get the school project done. When in my heart and in my spirit, I can feel the Lord drawing me to, hey, come away with me. Let's spend some time together. And the only way I can explain it is you're reading the word, you're spending time with the Lord, you're putting him first. Um, Also, it unraveled some of my identity. I'm a good mom. So um, that was part of my identity. Um, These kids, you can make them all about them especially I think in our society now um, with Instagram and all the postings and they have their own hashtags and I'm not, I'm not slamming on anybody, but I think as mamas, we need to be real careful um, because nothing can come before our relationship with the Lord. Yeah. This area, I'm going to ask a couple of really sensitive questions and I appreciate your honesty toward each other. You've obviously gone through this and processed it, so I'm not shocking you by this, but um Lindsay, you say the pressure to be the perfect Christian girl made you vulnerable. All of us parents just went, what? What? 
because we don't understand, we're not grabbing that. And yeah. looking back, um, was there anything anyone could have done differently? And what sets you up? You use the story in the book about giving the stars for achievement. That's something mm-hmm. we've talked about here at Focus yes. a lot. <laughs> you know, we think that's a good thing. You right. know, put a star when you hit the mark and you do your chores, and that's a good thing. How did the star chart play into this about this idea of perfection? Yeah, I think really what it boiled down to was um, there was such a standard and there was such a place that you had to achieve. You had to get all your check marks. You had to get all your stars to be the good daughter. And there was rewards. If you do this, then you get this reward. If you do this, if you don't do that, you don't get your star. You don't get your reward. So it felt like my love with my parents was Tingent on if I met all the check marks. If I did everything right, my parents would love me. And then it went back to at church. Well, are you guys reading your Bibles every morning? Are you praying every morning? Are you do well? If I don't read my Bible this morning, that God doesn't love me today. And I started to really interpret it. If I don't hit all the check marks in every area of my life, then I am unlovable. And so when I started to believe those lies and get into that isolation, then when I started to make decisions out of, well, I'm not going to be perfect anyway, so I might as well do whatever I want. And I kind of mm. moved, kind of swung a little too far. It became, Because you couldn't hit the mark. Yeah, there was I couldn't hit the mark. I could never achieve. So I'll just go ahead and swing. This person seems to love me. So we'll go ahead and swing this way. And then it turns into, well, now everybody thinks I'm still getting all my check marks, so I can't go get help. I can't go to the church because they think I'm a good Christian girl. If they only knew, then God would definitely not love me. I could never show up to church. If my parents knew, they would disown me. They would never, you know, allow me to see this person anymore. It turned into, I had a facade of, yes, I'm perfect. So now I can no longer get help because there's no authenticity in who I am. Well, and you're really on it. And again, I appreciate the thoughtfulness in which you're saying this. And I think all of us as parents, Scarlett, Mm -hmm. don't feel guilty. We're all doing it. I know, like, ouch, I thought this was right. We're all doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But on behalf of all the listeners, what can we do as parents and really from both of your perspectives now that you've learned when we're putting the stars up there and we're giving the accolades and we're making it a very performance-based relationship how do we augment that what could have benefited you what would have helped you and it's hard with your mom sitting right here but what what could have been done in your opinion to help us to do a little better job of talking about God's grace I think the candidness, I, this is something I think about when I'm going to be, you know, raising children in the future is what will I, what will I personally do differently? And I think that's the candidness of, yeah, even mom and dad make mistakes. Even mom and dad sin. Yep. Mom told a lie the other day and it really wasn't great. And here's how it made me feel. And here's, you know, kind of letting your children learn from you, even when you're, you know, being ugly and not and in sin, let your kids see the different areas, talk to them about what you struggled with and, and validate and make it a conversation. And here's, you're not isolated. I get it. I used to be a teenager, you know, having those conversations of let's be open and let's all talk about this. And I think about it from a parent standpoint and even from the church standpoint, we need to be okay to say from the pulpit, yeah, I'm the pastor and I still make mistakes and I still sin and I still fall short, but God's grace is constantly there. You can always come back home. We always have open arms. And I think, I think just some candidness, because to be honest, 
as I'm an adult and I hear things more now about my parents and, you know, shortcomings that they've had in the past, it's like, why didn't you say something? Like, oh my goodness. And it was crazy when people found out I was pregnant, how many of my friends' moms and older, you know, Christian women in my life said, that happened to me too. Or I struggled with that too. Or I've walked that too. And I'm like, where were you when I was struggling in my sin? Why were we not having these discussions when you could have helped stop and prevent me from getting to the point where you've now felt that hurt too? And so that was yeah. a, a long no, roundabout really answer. Helpful, but that authenticity is what I hear you saying. Yes. And and yet, the, you know, the thing is we want to project this perfection because right. we want you to live up to it. Yes. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yep. Now, this is a horrible trap for you. I mean, it's vicious. How low did that get bouncing between living this dual life of they don't know what I've done or what I'm doing, which was having sex with your boyfriend, versus winning the stars and doing all the things to win you accolades about your Christian life? I mean, wow. Did you, what was your lowest point in that regard? I mean, I think the, bleeding all up to it. I mean, that was, it was something that ate me alive from the moment that I made the first decision to, you know, move into that type of relationship. I mean, it was something to where I would practice lies in the car before I got home so that I could be candid to my parents on what I actually did that night. I got to that point where I'm like, well, I have to make sure even my lies sound good so they believe me. And I just, I mean, my Mm -hmm. self-worth was completely deteriorated. I kept having those thoughts of, Lindsay, what are you doing? This is not who you are. You need to, you know, it was the Holy Spirit. I know that now saying to me, come on, girl, like you, you know better than this. And then it just turned into, I'm just too far gone that it just is what it is. There's, Mm. there's no saving me at this point. And I'll just get through, you know, high school. I'll leave my parents' house. I'll then live my own life and we'll go from there. And if I come back to God, I do. If I don't, you know, it just was a, it was just rock bottom. So I'm sure some women, are saying you could make this problem disappear. Yep. Yeah. Quietly. Yeah. You didn't have to be that embarrassed girl or that embarrassed family. Yeah. And I want to talk to you about that. But Definitely. Just so we don't leave people wondering what did you do, you did not abort the child. Correct. I chose life for my daughter and placed her for adoption. And we want to come back next time and talk about that aspect of the story because it's equally intriguing. Yeah. Um, there's so many elements to this. It ended up being a family member. Yeah. And we're going to bring her in and talk with her yeah. uh, next time about the solution and how you guys work through this. And here's the question I really wanted to hit. And again, if a, a family has just gone through this, or if you're even unaware, mom and dad, you're about to go through this. Sin has a way of working itself and for the Lord using it for his and for our good. Yes. That's the thing we we don't always embrace. Because I'm hearing the two of you interact right now, watching you. You're in a good place. Oh, definitely. I think better than before the pregnancy in my husband, too. But it doesn't mean encourage your daughter to go get pregnant. Right. That's not the point at all. But the, the point of it is, is this life has and magnifies our shortcomings yeah. but god can use that like he did in david's life yes. king david oh, yeah. to be more than what he was in that moment and mm-hmm. that's what i see in you guys mm-hmm. that the lord has used this and used it in your life yeah. so you can actually be closer to him yes absolutely bolder for him a warrior spiritually yes. speaking for him absolutely. does that resonate yes, yes. we are a stronger family 
Yeah. Because oh, the Pepin family yes. Yes. is actually stronger <laughs> now. We are stronger. We're more real. Um, have a testimony and an absolutely beautiful granddaughter. Yes. Well, we're going to come back and talk about that and the solutions that you struggled through next time. Can you stick with us? Definitely. Let's do it. We hope this conversation with Lindsay and Scarlett has reminded you that God can redeem any situation. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller. I'm so glad that our guests today are telling their story and helping families who may be going through similar experiences to navigate through the emotions and tough decisions that they're facing. When Lindsay was saying she wished her mom had been more open and candid about her own failings, I thought that was a key lesson to all parents. Our children need to know that they don't have to be perfect and that there is grace when they fall short. I'm really looking forward to hearing the next part of Lindsay's story on tomorrow's program, and I do hope that you can join us for that. We have an article on our website called The Pregnant Teen's Dilemma, and I'd really encourage you to have a look at that. You'll find it when you visit safamily.co.za. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen again right from the website. You'll also find previous broadcasts, and you can easily share them with friends and family. That address again is safamily.co.za. For Focus on the Family Africa, I'm Alison Schnell, inviting you to join us for the conclusion of our program tomorrow, when we'll, as always, help you and your family thrive in Christ.